0: Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I'm your host, Brad, a simple beggar who found bread, the bread of life, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. And it's my desire for others to discover this bread that they may receive new life in him. This episode, Show Me How to Live, you can credit Audio Slave for the title to this episode, a supergroup of sorts including Chris Cornell, the frontman from Soundgarden and Rage Against the Machines guitarist Tom Morello. 6 years and 3 studio albums together with over 8 million sold, pretty solid run for Audio Slave I would say. After breaking up the band Cornell and Morello, they each released solo albums. It was in January of 2017 that the band reunited for an anti-inauguration concert. Yeah, January 20th, 2017. Anti-inauguration concert. Cornell would tragically die by suicide later that year following a lengthy struggle with addiction. Audio Slave combined a 70s hard rock sound with a 90s grunge influence, of course, and some funk flavor just to round things out a bit. Alas, it is not about the music. It is about the message. Show me how to live. Over the last couple of episodes, we've been exploring a deeper understanding of what it truly means to be a follower of Yeshua of Nazareth, the Messiah which we are going to continue today. As we read through gospel accounts, we see the Master Yeshua call out to people to follow him. After the last couple of episodes, my personal desire was to do one focused on the victory we have in Yeshua. I see how the pendulum kind of swings. And just as there are certainly churches that I would classify as hypergrace, which I believe to be a doctrinal error, and then there are also other churches who take obedience to the point of legalism, which is another doctrinal error. I believe scripture reveals to us that it is not faith or works or grace or obedience, but it is rather faith and works, grace and obedience. Those are not mutually exclusive, faith and works, grace and obedience. Those aren't mutually exclusive terms. From what I see in the scripture, it is not either or, it is both and. And I do realize in my own life and in my preaching and teaching that there are ebbs and flows. And I've leaned more into obedience slash works of righteousness side of things in trying to bring balance to an overabundance of hyper-grace teaching, which I have personally received in my life and that is very predominant in the Western church the hyper grace message. And so in in leaning more into deeds and obedience, I do want to make sure that I don't get to that point of legalism. Um, Because obedience is, and of itself, not legalism, as I have said many times before, because if obedience is legalism, that would mean the master was the most legalistic person to ever walk the planet. And I don't believe that to be true of Yeshua. I believe he lived perfectly in obedience out of faith and out of love for Hashem and for people, his neighbors. So saying all of that, I hope... That in emphasizing our deeds or works, that I do not minimize the importance of God's grace, which is fully displayed through Yeshua. I don't want that pendulum to swing too far in my own life. We are saved by grace through faith, as that familiar passage from Ephesians 2 says. And we must remember that it goes on. In Ephesians chapter 2, you continue to read why we are saved. We are saved by grace through faith to accomplish good works prepared for us by Hashem. Grace and works goes together. Our obedience should be our response to the love and grace that we have received from Hashem. So as I continue to flesh out from Scripture what it means and how it looks or how it should look to follow the Master, today I want to look at calling and choosing, being called and being chosen by the Holy One, blessed be He. Again, my desire was to do an episode in a different direction, and it appears I was overridden, and so we will, we will go down this path today. So to gain some clarification here, we're going to start at 2 Peter uh, chapter 1 and verse 10. And I'm going to do a little more kind of popping in with uh, several different scriptures, which is not my norm. Uh, I, I don't prefer to do it that way. So not long ago in the Stairway to Heaven episode, we broke down... 2 Peter chapter 1, and we actually did a series going through that entire epistle when you have time. It started, I believe, with the Stairway to Heaven episode, and so we broke down that entire chapter. You are welcome and encouraged to review that episode as you have time so you can gain full context on this. Um, For now, I'm going to this one verse simply because I don't feel like we need to lay that groundwork again. If again, when you have time, please go back to that. Go back to that teaching, the Stairway to Heaven episode. So, in the opening of Peter's second epistle, we read this exhortation to his audience of believers. Therefore, brothers, try even harder to make your being called and chosen a certainty. For if you keep doing this, you will never stumble. Many English translations may use the words calling and election, as in calling, make your calling and election sure. That's um, commonly how I've heard that stated. Calling and election, um, in this translation, the Tree of Life version, being called and chosen. Make your being called and chosen a certainty. So for a long time, I thought being chosen came first, then your calling. And my understanding being that a calling is an assignment from on high for a specific role within the body. For example, being called to be a pastor or a teacher, called to evangelize and so on. I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down there. And I do believe that there are specific assignments for people. I'm not saying that that is not the case. Uh, I I just don't believe that that is the full-on application for the word calling or to be called, making your calling and election or being chosen. Sure. So I'm honestly, I'm quite convinced that the opposite is primarily true. The calling goes out, and then the choice or the choosing occurs. So in Matthew chapter 22, we read a parable of Yeshua comparing the kingdom of Hashem to a king who invites people to his son's wedding banquet. Many invites were made, uh, and many of the invitees made excuses as to why they couldn't attend too busy crops to harvest all these different things binge watching real housewives of the Galilee whatever they were too busy so the king getting very angry about that lack of response or those who responded and then provided excuses the king instructs his servants to send out invitations all across the land On the highways and the byways, send them to everyone around. Invite anyone. At the end of this sobering parable, in verse 14, the master says that many are called, but few are chosen. Thus, making the calling the invitation. It goes out to the masses. It's the Father's will that none should perish, but all would come to repentance and a portion in the coming kingdom. In the parable of the sower, we read that the seed, God's word, is spread all over. And we looked at uh, this parable in the episode titled Dirt. The seed falls on four types of soil, only one of which produces good fruit. 30, 60, and 100 fold. The call went out all over. The seed was spread all over. The invitation was made to every type of soil. Three quarters of the soil did not respond well and thus was not chosen. Let me me continue on here. So the use of the word chosen draws many to the conclusion of predestination, a Calvinistic view that each person's eternal destination is already established. You are either chosen or you are not. You are predestined to heaven or hell before you were even born. In the Our Destiny episode, we explored the Jewish understanding of such things and that it would not have aligned with Paul's theology or doctrine to hold such a position. Please check that out, that episode out as you get time. And I do, I realize I'm directing you to a few other episodes today. I'm doing this for time's sake to not have to rehash topics previously addressed. So I appreciate you bearing with me. And I do hope that you will check out those other episodes and put some of these pieces together. So as we're looking at what it means to be called, to be chosen, and even having gifts, I want to look at three Greek words with you to help bring some clarity of what we are looking at when it comes to the callings of or calling of God being chosen. And having gifts. So the Greek word for calling or called is kletos. Kletos, which means called, invited, or summoned by God. There you go. That's the call, right? And now someone has to respond to that. There has to be a reaction or a response to that. Or there should be. And some's response may be to ignore it, to walk away from it, deny it. Next, the English word chosen is translated from the Greek eklektos. Eklektos, which means chosen out, elect, choice, select. Sometimes as a substitution of those chosen out by God for the rendering of special service to him, as in the Hebrew race, particular Hebrew people at times, the Messiah chosen, and followers of the Messiah, chosen peoples. So that's where chosen eclectos also includes the elect or or elect, select And again, chosen or choice. Then the Greek word most often translated as gift is charismata, which is why some churches are deemed charismatic or a part of the charismatic movement. They put a particular emphasis on the gifts of the spirit, charismata. So charismata is defined as God's favor or Spirit-empowered service to the church to carry out his plan for his people. And so I think sometimes the way we use gifts maybe, maybe doesn't completely coincide with the true definition of that word. Anyway, moving on. All right, so with all this in front of us, I will explain my understanding. The call of Hashem goes out to all the world. And yes, his people are to be a part of that. We are to be echo chambers, if you will, vessels We uh, to shout out. We're heralds calling out the call of Hashem to those around us. Be reconciled to God through the Messiah, Yeshua. The call goes out. The invitation to anyone and everyone whosoever. The chosen are those who respond to that invitation. They respond to the call and they obey, living the life to which they were called. All right. So let me, let me try and Hopefully not stir stir the mud up too much. I don't want to muddy the waters too much here. But let me ask you this question. Do you think that anyone who has been chosen, not just called, but chosen, does that mean that individual is, the common church word, saved? Does chosen mean saved? Meaning guaranteed a portion in the coming kingdom. I'm going to try to explain my point because I don't believe that to be the case. And I, I believe scripture backs up my understanding. For example, we see in the scriptures, Israel is called a chosen nation. The Jews, a chosen people. Does this mean that every person of Hebrew or Jewish descent has a predestined portion in the coming kingdom. Is that what you believe? I don't believe scripture bears that out. And I don't believe that aligns with the whole of scripture. Even being chosen, people have decisions to make, whether they will live in allegiance to Hashem, whether they will surrender and believe in the Messiah Yeshua of Nazareth. According to my understanding, not everyone who is chosen will be saved. Not everyone who is called certainly will be saved. The call goes out to all. And not even all who are chosen are guaranteed eternal security. That eternal security which so many preach which is you know to a very popular response if you believe that the use of the word chosen someone being chosen means that is irrefutable that they have a portion in the coming kingdom do you not recall the words of the master yeshua answered them didn't i choose you the 12 yet one of you is an adversary so what then do we do with judas iscariot and i realize my my pulling that one scripture out we could have we could have a fun little debate with that and it's not certainly not to perfection <laughs> but the point is there and i would you know i would go further to talk about other places where again people groups as a whole have been called chosen and sometimes they are whittled down to a remnant we have to keep these things in mind though they have been called chosen so again we have to we have to think about these things big picture and through and more not just big picture but whole scripture So my overall point is this. Being called is a blessing. It's an invitation to the great wedding banquet. It is the revealing of Adonai's great love for us. Even while we were his enemies, he calls out to us. How incredible to get that invitation, even living the way many, most of us have lived. We get that invitation. When one responds to the invitation, it is a decision to receive and engage. Once that decision is made, the individual is among the chosen. From there, how such a one lives does matter. Yeshua shows us how to live. In the same way that There are some, certainly not all, but there there are some men and women who are Jewish that display arrogance and a cavalier attitude about being chosen, essentially saying, I can do no wrong, I'm chosen, deal with it. This attitude also finds itself in the church. For those who believe they have punched their ticket for the Pearly Gate Express after reciting a prayer, I'm saved, chosen, I can do no wrong. Both examples, I'm afraid, are sadly mistaken. We do not enter the wedding banquet, first of all, without our invitation engraved with the name of the bridegroom, Yeshua HaMashiach. But we also must be clothed in the wedding garments, clothed in Christ, in Christ, Jew or grafted in Gentile. So what then is the big deal about being chosen, you might ask? It is a big deal. Which should be acknowledged with humility and gratitude because it is the favor of Hashem by which anyone is called. This is not something that we should boast on because it has nothing to do with our lineage, our heritage, our talents, our genealogy, or our skills. It is by the favor of Hashem through Yeshua. Yeshua, the righteous one, the Zadik, earned favor in the eyes of Hashem, living the perfect life as a created one. He earned favor in the eyes of Hashem. And so being chosen is a reflection of that favor that he is looking favorably upon us because of Yeshua. The master states that he chooses us. We do not choose him. So yeah, being chosen, it's the big deal. We are born from above, as the scripture says, not of the will of man, but of the will of God. This precious gift bestowed upon us should be treated as such, as precious, as the most valuable. With such care, it should be treated. Even fear and trembling that we would not, that we would make daily effort to seek to honor Adonai in what we do with it. Making that daily effort, even as, as Peter said in 2 Peter for, uh, chapter 1 and verse 10. To make certain your calling and your being chosen. Make it certain. Handle it with fear and trembling. And that—that that is what we should, we should be doing with it, is making that daily effort to seek to honor Adonai in what we do with our chosenness. I don't think that's an actual word, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. We should be living in humility and gratitude, trying to honor that and seeking that it would become that those around us would also accept the invitation and become among the chosen. So now, for what have we been chosen? Well, Brad, we've been chosen to go to heaven. We're chosen for eternity. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I, I don't believe that is the case. And that was rarely the topic of discussion for the master. And it was rarely the focus of his disciples. It is not the highest priority, if you will, in, uh, in the Jewish understanding, which is where all of this comes from. Yes, it is. It is valid. Yes, it is important. Of course, eternity is, but most most of the teaching, most of the doctrine, most of, of the understanding and theology is focused on how we live in this life, in this present world. And so I am. I'm sorry to disappoint you if you believe that's what chosen means or why we're being chosen, to go to heaven. What did Yeshua say? Why did he choose his disciples? You did not choose me. But I chose you, I selected, chose you, so that you would go and produce fruit, and your fruit would remain. If Yeshua chose you, he chose you to go bear fruit. They will know us by our fruit. So what fruit are we to produce? We are certainly to plant the seeds of God's word, water it with prayer and trust him to add the increase to bring those seeds to fruition, which would be lives changed. People brought to repentance because the kingdom is coming. So there is certainly that fruit, the fruit of changed lives. We do our portion and Hashem adds the increase. We plant, we water. It is It is Adonai Elohim, the Lord, our God, that adds the increase and brings those things to fruition. Additionally, we are to bear the fruit of righteousness, which requires our willingness. The fruit of righteousness is honoring, obeying, and following the Torah of the living God which is to follow our master Yeshua, to live as he lived, to speak as he spoke. This requires our willingness, though we cannot fully do this in and of our own strength. We need help to do so. We must have the willingness. We must be surrendered To do so, surrendering our will and allowing the life of the Messiah to live in us. Through our willingness and obedience, though not of our own strength, we can do these things. The Holy One, blessed be, he empowers us to do this when we are surrendered to the Messiah through the Holy Spirit. Adonai Elohim empowers us to bear fruit of righteousness. All we have been given and chosen for has application in this earthly life for this present world. And all of which does have eternal implications regarding the coming kingdom. But we have to handle our business here and now and be about our father's business here and now in this present world, we cannot rest on our laurels, Cadillacing it because, well, we're chosen. That's the trap of many that leads to destruction. Narrow is the gate, straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leads to the kingdom. Having the responsibility. Of being chosen. It is a responsibility. Yes, it is a blessing. It is a gift. Hallelujah. For which we must be grateful. But there is a responsibility of being chosen. And that means hands to the plow, producing fruit that remains. Yeshua has shown us how to live if we are kingdom minded. Follow me, he said. If we are truly heavenly, kingdom-minded, we will be of the most, the utmost earthly good in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds. So this episode has taken me through some unexpected twists and turns. So please, study to show yourself approved of God. Dig into the scriptures. Always study to show yourself approved of God. I hope that this has blessed and or challenged you. And Lord willing, we will dig further into what it means for us to truly follow Yeshua in the upcoming episodes. I trust that this, again, is blessing you. And I just thank you for following along. I mentioned a few previous episodes that I do encourage you when you get time, check those out. And continue as we go through this study. There is a lost and dying world that desperately needs the bread of life. They are starving to death and they don't even know it. They're feeding on so much garbage that the world offers and they need the bread of life. Let us echo the call of Hashem to those around us. Let us broadcast the invitation. Be reconciled to God through Yeshua. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father apart from him. Keep your hands to the plow, my brothers and sisters. Let's go out and give Him heaven. Until next time, may the favor that the Master, Yeshua the Messiah, found in the eyes of Hashem, be upon you and all of your household. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, reign in your hearts and minds in the Messiah, Yeshua. Grace and peace. Ch'in Shalom.